Good evening. It's Saturday night. This is the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Last night, we basically tied up the week. I mean, the week, that that was a strange week. It was a tiring week. It was a strange, a lot of new beginnings, a lot of doors closing, and then other doors, strange doors opening. But, you know, if it's, if it's strange doors, then it's strange days by the doors. And uh, love me two times, I'm gone away. People are strange. Huh. You know, we had the death of the queen. I went to some, I went to a concert. Um, that was tiring. Tomorrow night, I will be at the Nine Inch Nails show. So I may or may not do a show from there. Maybe when the live act is on. Um. <sighs> My God, what what can I say? This is this has turned out to be a weird month. I'm so happy that it's finally cooling down. The month of September, uh, but you know things happen, like the auxiliary, auxiliary jack on the car, and now I need to get another one so I can hear music. I know some people are like, "Why don't you just have your radio redone?" Well, then that costs a lot of money. And I've always been told not to fuck up the radio because it has a CD thing. And I know who listens to CDs anymore. Um, I still buy physical copies, but, you know, it's not like we could put a vinyl in the car. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's what, it, what it's Saturday night. It's Saturday night. I just had dinner, a very filling Mexican dinner. I shouldn't have. But, you know, I thought, eh. I, I don't plan on going anywhere else. Just go burn it off and then got to sleep. Because tomorrow is Berkeley. And I figure I'd set off for Berkeley a little early. <sighs> and we're going to keep that in there. Because it's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I don't, I don't edit shit out. Now, today was interesting. Because when I woke up. If you're a Star Wars aficionado, you know this is the way. The Mandalorian is coming back in 2023 after three years. Season three. So here we go. It's going to be wild. It's going to be crazy. And yes, there's going to be Baby Yoda. I love The Mandalorian, and it was my nephew who got me into it. And then memes. The power of memes. Those memes of Baby Yoda at McDonald's and The Mandalorian. I'm like, okay, what what is this show about? And sometimes a meme is much more powerful than an actual advertisement. Um, I remember years ago... In 2004, I was visiting Los Angeles with my my cousin lived there. I think he still lives there. I don't know. And um, I had seen the TV promos from Medium, starring Patricia Arquette and um, Jack Webb or Jack Weber or whatever. And but it was the I'll never forget, there was this big billboard of it on a building, and that really just sold me. And I watched it, and I loved it. It premiered in January of 2005. It was, it's an, it was an amazing show. 
it jumped the shark a couple of times, like many good shows. And what can I tell you? Oh, I'm not tired of talking about the Queen because I'll tell you something. What what all went down was fascinating because I don't think you know it, it was inevitable that it would hatch, it would happen eventually. But I still don't think people were ready for it. I wasn't ready for it. Is that, you know, I think people, we we take people like that for granted. Like, oh, they'll always be there. And her Funko Pops are sold out. So, <laughs> um, and, then the, and then the mint, I mean, if you want to get the coin. I think I do have a coin with Her Majesty on it. It's a Canadian coin. It's going to be worth money. The money's going to change. I was noticing, I saw, they did like a thing today where he's signing all these papers, the king, and on the throne, it still had ER. So, you know, that, that there's going to be a lot of renovation, name change, you know, it's like when someone, you know, you change the name plaque on the door. Only in this case, her name and likeness is everywhere, especially on the money. So that's going to be interesting. And I'm sure many people are going to save the money and the coins. And think about that for 70, for 70 years, for 70 years. So... Yeah, I'm not tired of talking about it. If people are tired of listening about it, then go to another podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, I'm not going to talk about DMT. And Hey, bro, did you do some DMT? Um, I'll, I'll let a little cat out of the bag. Those who know me very well, when I'm doing my gummies, when I'm doing the gummies, I kind of have a little crush on Joe Rogan. Other than that, no. No, you know. So yeah, you know, I look at him and and when I'm in that state, it's like, oh, Joe Joe Rogan needs to get spit roasted. If you don't know what that is, look it up. <laughs> yeah, it's Saturday night. Let's have a little fun. Saturday Night Live isn't even back yet. Think about that. Saturday Night Live has been on television for almost fifty years. Almost fifty years. Lauren Michaels and the crew. I I think at some point they do need to redo it. There there does need to be a change because you know some of the writing is just kind of like okay. For years I watched In Living Color. I didn't watch. I didn't really watch Saturday Night Live until maybe the late '90s after uh, In Living Color went off air, and then Mad TV and. Oh, Matt TV was so funny. And then briefly, Saturday Night Special, you know, the show that Roseanne created. Now, they had really good musical guests. I remember, oh, yeah, they had Tupac and they had Ice-T. They were also, you know, performers uh, on the show. They were in some of the skits and then the Fugees. I'm trying to think who else. Um... Radiohead, Bush, Bush the band, not the president. (laughs) 
Now, I remember when Tupac played Saturday Night Live, and it was just, it was weird. I, ch- I'm, I don't remember who hosted. I just remember that Tupac performed. So I do remember that. Um, it's always been kind of up in the air. Did, did he survive? Did he go into hiding in, in Cuba? I think so. I think so. And uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it, you know? Yeah, because some of us can plead the fifth. Although, what's-his-face pled the fifth, pleaded the fifth like 400 times? I think. <sighs> so, yeah. It's been a crazy week. Right now, I am hands-free. I'm on my way back from having a very filling dinner. And I had to have the deep fried ice cream. I know. I know. Oh my god. I can't believe you had that. Well. I will be burning it off. I mean. It's not as hot as it usually is. um, Weather wise. You know I will say about that concert. So we get there early. We got there like around 2 ish. You know we parked. We go in. And then um, I want to say Oracle Park really just fucked up. And I'm going to send a complaint in terms of the gate and in terms of, okay, oh, we're supposed to go to the Marina Gate, not the Willie Mays Gate, okay? It was a lot of crazy fucking shit. And then you guys promised my friend a wheelchair. Well, they said first come, first serve. That's why we got there early. No mas. No mas. Um... So that show was from like 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. at night. And I had to drive. So that's why tomorrow, by the grace of the Dr. Zeus power, uh, I and, and Grace Skull, come on, come on. Um, I'm going to the show by myself. I bought one Nine Inch Nails ticket. The show is fucking sold out. I'm sure my friend James would love to go. Or actually, I don't know. He wasn't really a Nine Inch Nails person. Our mutual friend was, but we won't go there. So, <sighs> it's been a crazy day. It's been a crazy night. And when I record these things, I always try to just liven it up. I don't just want to talk about a film you know, or pace them back and, and bore the fuck out of all of you. Uh, I mean, there's so many films out there. There's so many bad films out there. Uh, the other, or uh, Labor Day, my family rented Top Gun 2. Why there's a sequel, I don't know. <laughs> and I said, no, thank you. Because I was coming down and I was watching this. Or actually, no, I wasn't coming down. I was I was in a weird state. I was watching This is Spinal Tap. I'm sorry, I would rather watch that than Top Gun 2. I didn't even enjoy the first Top Gun. It's like, all right, okay. You know, Anthony Edwards is in it. Tom Cruise, a very young Val Kilmer. Now Val Kilmer, I think they had to, like, digitally put his voice in because, you know, he can't. Because he had larynx surgery, so he can't really speak anymore. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure all of you liked it, and I have no intention of watching it. And my father's like, "It's the biggest film of the year," and I said, "That doesn't mean that it's good." 
you know, to each to each his own. I mean, I saw the Northman. I thought that was amazing. Uh, many of you didn't like it, and that's fine. That's fine. That's your prerogative, as Bobby Brown would so famously say. But here I am. It's Saturday night. It's a solo tour. Because sometimes I just want to be solo. Sometimes I just want to be alone with my thoughts. Then I'm able to record a podcast. There have been times I have recorded a podcast with a house full of people. Like during the holidays. Um, especially New Year's Eve. One time, if you go back, you can hear the kids in my family all on the f- podcast. Because they're just playing video games and... Um, this is, of course, before they got into uh, <gasps> roadblocks. So, yeah. Those crazy fucking times. It really fucking is. Mm. Tomorrow is Nine Inch Niles. Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor. They, he, I will say, they deserved that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. They really did. But I feel, and I'm sure Trent would agree with me, that if it weren't for Skinny Puppy and Ministry, he would not be in there. And so, if anything, you need to induct both of them next. First Ministry and then Skinny Puppy. Okay, I am I am a big Ministry fan. Uh, and those of you... Oh, I just love Rob Zombie! Rob Zombie and many others basically stole Al Jorgensen's look from Ministry and his sound as well. Because if you look at the sampling and the clips in Rob Zombie and White Zombie's music, and then you go back and you listen to Ministry, Ministry did it first. And I want to put that out there. Okay. Ministry did it first. Just re- just remember that. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's, it's, yeah. It's Saturday night. Some people go to the club. I was never really into the clubs. I think I, I me and James, remember, we had a uh, mutual friend who liked to go to the fat cat in the area. That was so boring. I didn't, and I'm not a drinker, so it was like, it was boring. It really was. They got pissed at, she got pissed at me because I went to see Tool and I didn't take her. I took someone else and I said, because it was spare of the moment. I didn't intend to buy the tickets and then they were like, oh, we have them. And I was like, oh shit, they're nosebleed. Okay. See, she would have complained if they were nosebleed. So whatever. I did, you know what? I did what I had to fucking do. And I don't make any apologies for that shit. And you know, if you were pissed, you were pissed. So then one night, oh, we're going out to dinner spur of the moment. That's not spur of the moment because you planned it. You know what I mean? I I, I don't know. I don't know. That ship has sailed. Everyone is happy now. They, everyone is remarried. Yeah. But, yeah, me and clubs, no. I'm just not. No. No. So, I mean, I, I've often said that if I get into really good shape, I'd go to clubs. But then it's like, I got in shape and I thought, what's what's the whole... I, I never understood the appeal of going to a club. I really didn't. 
If you want live music, you go to a show. And usually, you know, like a nice venue, like Slims. There used to be Slims in San Francisco. Doesn't exist anymore. You could have a drink. You could watch a live act. I think the last live act that I saw there was The Distillers in 2003. But everyone played there. P.J. Harvey. I'm bringing P.J. Harvey up because P.J. Harvey has a box set coming out. Oh, I'm so going for that. I love PJ Harvey does not get the credit that she really fucking deserves. She deserves credit. Everyone, you know, these pop stars. Oh my God, they're so innovative. No, they're not. They suck. And then you have these really great rock stars like PJ Harvey and Tori Amos and Bjork uh, who really deserve the recognition and they don't get it. They're not taken seriously. You know, they're not, oops, I did it again. (laughs) But I'll be honest with you. Who wants to be, oops, I did it again? I was invited once a long time ago to a Britney Spears concert, and I turned it down. I said, no, thank you. I probably only wanted to go because the opening act was Nicki Minaj. But other than that, yeah, I had no intention of going. I, to be perfectly honest with you... I don't understand Britney Spears, the whole appeal. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I remember when she first came out, people were like, oh my God, it's like Madonna. And I'm like, no, it's not like Madonna. There's nothing there. (laughs) You know, the whole Lolita kind of uh, Rolling Stone cover bullshit. Yeah, I didn't get it. I, I still don't get it. That was in 1999. And yeah, here we are. It's 2022. And that was 23 years ago. And I still don't get it. I still don't fucking. I don't want to get it. I don't want to get it. I don't want to get the whole Britney Spears. I, I, you know, it's just I, I enough, enough. And, um, you know, a friend and I, we were talking the other day about Kardashians. Same thing. I don't get that. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why people are hung up over that. To quote Madonna. <laughs> Even she, though, you know, she, she's a, she's a hobnobber. She was hobnobbing with the Kardashians. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Just to talk about them, it makes me want to just hurl. It really does. And um, mainly because I look at how young women look up to them and I'm thinking, that's not real. They're not real. That's all manufactured. Or, they make money. You know, if you do a real job, you can also make money. You're you're not going to make millions of dollars. Trust me. I love how people are like, oh my God, I wish I had Kardashian money. No, you don't. Because then what are you going to do with it? Okay. Do you have a business manager? No. no. Do you have an accountant? No. So then you are not going to manage that money as they manage it. Okay. So it's just funny. It's funny how people, they want, you know, they think they think they know what they're going to get. They want their cake and they want to eat it too. Or in that case, they want silicone and they want to fuck it too. <laughs> See what I mean? That's why I love Saturdays is that, you know, 
we can talk in this manner. I've always said I always wanted a show like Chelsea lately. That round table, just everyone sits around and just bullshits, you know. Uh, but I'm still, I'm, you know, time, time is a weird thing. The, the, the whole thing of getting everyone together. I mean, I'm trying to f- find a good time when me and Jason Almi can talk. And when me and my friend Rob can talk. Um, I mean, there, there's so much pop culture we could talk about. I was talking about Melrose Place with a friend. Very handsome friend. And we were talking about, you know, because... That's what I grew up watching. I didn't. I watched like 90210 a couple times. And I was like, eh. You know, it's the Shannon Doherty show. Or it's the Jason Priestley show. No. And then I remember watching. I was, you know, I was going through puberty. Let's, let's get that out of the way. And Marrow's Place was perfect because they were all humping each other. So I was like, okay. All right. And Michael Mancini, I loved watching that because he was a fucking horn dog. Oh my God. And then Marsha Cross. This is decades before Desperate Housewives. Marsha Cross was on Melrose Place. And she was the other woman. Because there was Jane, played by Josie Bissett, who was married to Michael Mancini. And then Michael messed around with her, with his her sister, Sydney, And then messed around with Kimberly, played by Marsha Cross. And then Michael and Kimberly were in a car wreck. And so Kimberly was like in a coma and all that shit. So then she comes back, looks the same. They fuck around. Well, they fucked. And then very famous moment. She goes to the bathroom and takes her wig off. And you see this big fucking scar on the side of her head. It was disturbing. And then she put on a blonde wig and tried to kill Michael. And ran him over with a car. <laughs> that was the 94 cliffhanger. What's interesting is this was in 1994. You know what really eclipsed all that? That it was a big it was a big story when it happened. Michael Mancini gets run over by his jealous lover because he almost fucking killed her. Okay, and he'd been drinking and all and he hit like a divider or something. So <laughs> you know what eclipsed all that? O.J. Simpson. The Nicole Brown Simpson, Ron Goldman murders. 1994. And then, of course, if you have a Bronco, then you know. The Chase. The famous Bronco Chase. Because the juice is loose. I remember my grandfather and my brother watching that live coverage. Okay. And MSNBC's Katie Turr, her family were the ones who captured that on the helicopter. Yes. Isn't that wild? She has a really great book out. Um, Just how her her family, you know, they would all get in the helicopter and go chase stories. It's, It's Los Angeles, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. See, the 90s were a wild time. If you were born at the end of the 90s, you weren't there. And so then you have to go back, okay? If you were born in the 2000s, you weren't there. But if you were born in 1980 like I was or 1979 or the 1970s, 60s, then you were there. 
the 90s was the most tumultuous time. I mean, we had President Clinton. I know Republicans who voted for him. They loved Bill. They really did. And then, you know, Bill wins re-election. And Bill's like, huh, I'm in the safe realm. And then, but starts to get bored. And what does he do? Monica Lewinsky. That forever tarnished his legacy. And also dragged his wife, Hillary Clinton, down with him. She almost became president. And I won't get into the politics of it. But the 90s. See, the 90s were a tumultuous time. They really were. You know, you had the biggest cocksucker of the world, Monica Lewinsky. She kept the dress. And then you've got Hillary. And then, of course, that Barbara Walters interview. Oh, God. So when, was it last year? The American Crime Story, uh, you know, Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky thing came out. I didn't watch it because I'd already lived through that. You know? I, w- I was a teenager when that went down. Why Why am I going to watch something that I already lived through? Very. I mean, like I said, it was the 90s. You had Branch Davidians. You had David fucking Koresh. You had Oklahoma City bombing. You had all of these crazy moments. Um, you had uh, Heaven's Gate. You had, all of this was unfolding in the 90s. And then you had the wonderful gay rights movement, you know, and uh, pride. And, and things were really changing. Things were really changing. You had the L.A. riots. I mean, shit. Rodney King. Come on. You had a, we had a lot of shit going down in the 90s. We really... It was a tumultuous time. You know, the 1890s are known as the gay 1890s because everyone was happy. But the 1990s... You know, that's that's right before white and then Y2K and everyone was watching AR. Everyone thought they were a doctor because there was ER and then there was Chicago fucking And I, you know, I preferred ER. But, you know, and then there's Jared's Clinton and then blah, you know, uh, Seinfeld. Remember Seinfeld? Um. My good friend Linda Romler, uh, her son loves Seinfeld. So whenever I watch Seinfeld, I think of her and her family. And and remember how that ended? That I mean, you would have never conceived that it was going to go down like that. And I always wish they had done like a year anniversary of them getting out of of. Well, I, oh, they got they went to jail. They went to jail for a year. If you've never seen Seinfeld, I spoiled it for you. But hey, you know, it's a pop culture phenomenon. And here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, I am all about pop culture phenomenons. Okay. I'm also about really good music. <laughs> so, yeah. The, the, 90, the 90s were so just tumultuous with a capital T and mulch. Come on. And now you look at everything we can stream, we can download. Uh, you you can watch a movie in the theater, and then a week later you can buy it. So things have really accelerated. And as a po- even and as a podcaster, podcasting wasn't even really. I mean, 
we have radio. Radio is now dying. Or I think it's already dead. So, and the podcasting, you know, everyone always goes on about Joe Rogan. For me, I first heard about podcasting because of Mark Marin. Mark Marin is a true revolutionary. And then he did his show, Marin, on IFC. Such a great show. And so I always feel you need to give credit where credit is due. And I've always... Mark, Mark Marin inspired me. He inspired me to do podcasting. Not Joe Rogan. Yes, we all would tune into Joe Rogan. But think of the guests that Mark Marin had. Like Keith Richards, President Obama, um, the late... Uh, Oh God! And I know his name. It's the top of my head. Oh shit! Harry Dean Stanton. That was a weird interview, but it was good because Harry Dean Stanton did not really do interviews, but and he'd been around since forever. He'd done everything. He'd worked with Brando. He'd worked with Paul Newman. He'd worked with uh, you know Sigourney Weaver in Aliens. But my personal favorite of Harry Dean Stanton's was Paris, Texas. Uh, And then he has that beautiful moment in Pretty in Pink. Harry Dean Stanton was such a quintessential character actor. Should have been nominated for an Oscar. Should have gotten an honorary Oscar. And so, but his interview with Mark Maron, that was fascinating. So, while everyone is jumping on the Joe Rogan experience... Because he's asking these guys about DMT and talking about working out. You know what I found? When I used to work out all the time, people didn't want to talk about it. Because it is boring. Who wants to talk about your calf exercises? It's boring. So what I find about Joe Rogan is, and then he calls himself a stand-up. And it's like, you're not. You're not really that funny. Someone fought me on that. Well, he is kind of funny. How is he funny? Because he's always telling these guys, DMT, DMT. Joe Rogan is one of those guys where if there was no DMT left in the world and he needed it, he would suck dick for DMT. Okay? Don't tell me that he wouldn't because he fucking would. All right? (sighs) So, yeah. You know, when he has people like Dave Mustaine from um, Megadeth on All Watch... When he has Maynard James Keenan of Tool or Sturgill Simpson. When he has musicians on, I'll watch. But I don't subscribe to him. I really don't. I think, you know, that's why I don't talk about politics. Because that's dangerous to talk about on a podcast. Because then people think of you as the gospel. They think of you as the truth. We are not CNN. We are not MSNBC. We are not CBS. We are not ABC. (laughs) We are entertaining podcasters, okay? We give our opinions on things. We talk about art and entertainment, and and, and it's lively, and it's jovial. But when it comes to seeking medical advice, don't look to us for medical advice, okay? Just don't. That, That really proves how wet behind the ears some of you are. Not all of you, but some of you are, is that you will take medical advice from Aaron Rodgers or a podcaster. Okay? That's dangerous. 
that's dangerous. If I have medical questions, I ask someone in my family who is a nurse or I ask my physician. Okay. You know, if you if you have Kaiser, if you have any, you know, you can go to the app and you can ask them questions rather than go on WebMD and really fuck it up. All right. So, yes, as a podcaster, my responsibility is to keep you all entertained and to inform you on movies and music and personalities. It's not to talk about science with you. If I if I if I did that. Then it's, you know, my father is a retired microbiologist. He doesn't, he doesn't bother with podcasts, but if he could, he would. If he had the time, he would just talk about science because many of you fuck it up. Oh, science doesn't matter. It's about God. No, it's not. And I will back away from that now because then we're starting to get political. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. So, yes, I know that some people, they'll probably listen to my show. They get pissed off. I will say something controversial. Many of you always, you know, like to say, oh, I have Native American in my blood. Actually, you have indigenous. It's not Native American anymore. It's indigenous. Second, uh, I've met a lot of people who have Native American blood and are very Christian. Native Americans are not Christian. Okay? They are not. In fact, in the beginning, that was thrust upon them unwillingly. They didn't want it because of the Spanish Inquisition. How they brought Catholicism to this country and forced it upon them. All right. So Native Americans and Jesus don't mix. Native Americans have been here or indigenous have been here from the beginning, the beginning of time even before Jesus yeah alright so that's controversial cause some of you oh my god how dare you I'm a Christian okay that's nice I'm not <laughs> I'm not you know that's that's the thing with all our beliefs and opinions um spiritually I am more in tune to my indigenous roots and chakras and all the other stuff and meditation and that's that's what it's about for me. I don't I'm not gonna read a big book. Maybe for entertainment purposes. <laughs> I'm not gonna tear it up like Behemoth and I and I love Behemoth. And I got the new album and I will talk more in depth about that new album coming soon to the Doctor Zeus film podcast. So as always, unpleasant dreams. <laughs>